Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone. How are you? Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Parenthood. Episode 164, we are about to dive into part two of the impact that social media is having on our young people. Uh, If you've got children, younger children, I would encourage you to still listen because it is always a good idea to prepare for the next season in your life. So I would encourage you stick with this, get as much information as you can because social media, phones, internet, they're not going away. And um, what I, where I want to get to in this series is to talk about how we can actually parent our children in this space in a way that they can come out unaffected in a negative way, basically. But before I can go on and talk about that, which I am planning to next week, last week and then this week, I want to unpack unpack for us the actual impact that social media is having. So last week, we talked about how it's affecting our young people in an emotional way. Um, It's impacting their connections. The connections that they have are maybe more, maybe more in quantity, but less in quality. They have connections that are greater in breadth, but they're not going down to the depth that perhaps you grew up with when it comes to relationships. And we talked about how the less connected they are face-to-face, the more connected they are on social media, the less happier that they are. And so, you know, there were some pretty full on and confronting things that I spoke about last week. So make sure that you go back to that episode. Uh, But today I wanted to focus on how it's impacting our young people's learning. And so I guess I want to go more into that part of what, what is it doing to our brains? What, what is it doing to their ability to learn and therefore their education? Um, but just before we jump into it, I, um, I talked last week about a study and I'd really encourage you guys to go and look it up yourself. It's called the MTF or the Monitoring the Future. The reason I like this study is it's what we call a longitudinal study. They've been researching the um, the happiness of young people uh, since 1976 and every year they update their findings and it's utterly fascinating at how quickly the happiness of our young people and the mental health of our young people has declined with the introduction of phones. So I would just encourage you to have a look and do a little bit more research yourself. However, of course, I know that we're out, you know, we're all time poor, which hence is the reason for the podcast. I will um, try and give you kind of a summary uh, of the different things that I've found. I've researched this quite a book, uh, quite a bit. I've read quite a few books on this. Um, and do you know what I find unbelievable? I find that we've actually got a generation of parents who are more obsessed than ever with keeping their kids safe. And yet, simultaneously, 
those same parents obsessed with keeping their kids safe are handing them devices thinking the device will keep them safe because you think about it. Why do we give them a phone? We usually give it to them around the age of 12, 11, 13, because they're going to high school. Maybe they're catching a bus. We want them to keep safe. And this device that we're handing them that we think is keeping them safe can actually cause more harm than what we could imagine. Um, I think of um, examples like I used to let my boys climb trees. They don't now because they're adults. Mind you, they probably would given half an opportunity, but we've got a tree outside our house, right? And my, my house is double story and my kitchen is upstairs. And there's a tree near the window and it's so tall, it's actually taller than our house. And I remember many times I would be at my kitchen and I would be looking out my window and my boys were at my eye level, which means that is how high they were in the tree. They were on like second story. And I remember just thinking, oh dear Lord, if they fell out, they would so break at least one bone. Um, and of course I'd be like, guys, be careful. Hold on. Da, da, da. Yes, mom. Yes, mom. And now a lot of parents wouldn't allow that. We don't want them to fall. We don't want them to hurt themselves. And there's so many things we're doing to protect our kids. We keep them in booster seats till they're seven. Schools have taken monkey bars away. And we, we just, we literally are cotton wooling our kids. And then we're handing them these devices that are doing more damage in different ways. It's just that we're ignorant to it. And I'm really hoping that last week's episode and this week's episode, please share them with everyone you know, because I, I want you to understand the impact that these phones are having, but I also want to help you work out since they're not going to go away, since all of their friends are on it, how do we navigate it? How can we help them get through the teenage years and teach them how to use phones, how to use social media in such a way that it is to their advantage, not to their disadvantage? And, um, you know, my kids, as you know, 16, 18, 21, and um, they've all got really great mental health. Um, they've all got a really balanced relationship with social media. And so that's where I want to take it. But where I want to spend today is a little bit more time. And if this scares you a little bit, I kind of don't mind it because I want us to understand that we cannot hand these phones to our kids without parenting them. And that takes energy. It takes attention in a time where usually we're getting busier ourselves, but we cannot afford not to. Um, and so last week we talked more about the emotional damage that it's doing with their relationships, the less connection, they're having their social lives from their bedrooms rather than face-to-face. -face. But I want to look at today the impact it's having on their brain and their learning, where they're getting their information from, and a few other things. So... Um, Let's let's start off with their brains. I'm going to give you six ways, and there are more, but I want to give you six ways that are really are quite terrifying in the way that phones have, according to all the studies and all the research, are actually biologically and physically changing our brains. So we're not just talking about emotional impact here. We're talking about a biological impact. So number one, phones or social media use is as addictive as drugs to our brain. So 
there are obviously, you know, a small percentage of society who cannot control, um, you know, they become drug addicts. They can't control um, themselves when it comes to drugs. They can't stop. Do you know that five to 10%, which is quite a large number of social media users are unable to control how much time they spend online? So what happens, the reason for that is, and even if, if you're not one of the five to 10%, it is addictive for all of us, let alone a young brain that is still developing. It alters the brain in an identical way to the way that drugs do. It actually, um, it actually starts to mess with the, the part of our brain that controls emotional processing. That's why, by the way, when you take an iPad or a phone away from a little kid and they throw a tantrum, that's why. It's because the part of their brain that processes emotion is being affected by this, this addiction to a screen. It's really kind of scary. Okay, so that's number one. It's, it's addictive. Number two, it actually takes away our ability to multitask. Okay, so we think it's doing the opposite. We think, oh, we can do lots of things while we're on our phone. It's actually taking away that ability because frequent social media users um, causes people to be unable to filter out distractions. So it makes it harder to commit things to memory. So we can't do lots of things at once. We can only kind of do, do less things at once. So it's taking that away. Number three, this one's kind of scary to me. It is rewiring our nervous system. Now, I think this one has a lot of implications for young people and their mental health. So there's a thing known as a phantom vibration symptom. This is crazy, but apparently our phones are rewiring our nervous system to such a degree that it's making us hypervigilant or hypersensitive. And so have you ever thought that your phone has vibrated in your pocket only to take it out and discover that it hasn't? Or, and this happens to me often, I think my phone has pinged for a notification and I take it out and it hasn't. You know, they say that on average, people experience that one to two times a week. And I would say, yes, that's true. I often think my phone's pinged and it hasn't. And the reason is our phones have um, made us or made our nervous systems hypersensitive. And it's creating this form of hypervigilance. And that's not good for our nervous systems. And it's overloading us. And it's certainly not good for our teenagers. And by the way, this is the same for if you're giving your children iPads all the time. Okay. It's doing the same thing. Number four, the fourth way that it affects our brain. This one, oh my gosh, I totally, totally see this one a lot. It is actually rewarding us for selfish behavior. If you as a parent are trying to teach your kids the value of selflessness, do not give them a phone that they have access to all the time because it's rewarding. Social media rewards our selfish behavior. The reason is social media use releases um, a lot of, uh, it increases the amount of dopamine that's released in our system. We all know that's a feel-good drug. And since social media is mostly talking about ourselves, when we're on social media, we are therefore being rewarded for talking about ourselves. So it's making narcissism feel normal. And so we're getting a generation that is 
uh, self-obsessed and they have, you know, I see it all the time. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe how many people just post themselves all the time. That is not normal to me because I've probably not grown up in, you know, social media world. Anyone that's a bit older, it's like, that is not normal. But to a young person, that is normal. And we really have to, I have really worked intentionally on training my kids that that is not normal. Um, so that's why we're seeing young people just constantly posting themselves. They're being rewarded by the dopamine levels um, that talking about themselves, posting themselves is um, is completely normal. Number five, it reduces our ability to think for ourselves. I've just done a whole series on this about thinking for ourselves and the importance of critical thinking. I mean, I talked about all sorts of things, you know, polar bears, plastic bags, um, you know, all, all sorts of stuff that I spoke about. And the reason was we are losing our ability to think for ourselves. Um, so this is highly concerning. And the reason is we can just Google everything. We just find everything we want on social media. Um, you know what I find interesting? And I was teaching this just this week to the academy students. Jesus was actually 40 times more likely to ask a question than he was to give an answer. So Jesus actually taught people to think for themselves and not just to be fed answers. And yet we are in a society that is doing the opposite. We are encouraging people just to be fed answers on life. Do you know, have you noticed people can't even like do something like calculate a bill without pulling out their calculator? We just have become so reliant on this device in our pocket. And number six, social media can make us a follower and not in a good way. So according to studies, too much time on social media activates herd mentality. So that means we can lose our ability, our own ability to think for ourselves and to form our own opinion because we're more likely to go with what's popular. Okay, so that was just six quick ways that our social media is changing our brains. So when you hand your kids a device and you don't parent them and you allow them to go on social media, you are actually allowing their brain to be biologically changed. So that's a really big reason why we shouldn't just be, um, you know, letting them fend for themselves in this area. Okay, let's look at a couple of other things in how social media is affecting their learning. So teens interest in school took a dive in 2012 um, and basically they say that school can't compete with the smartphone. Now, why a dive around 2011, 2012? Well, when you think about it, that's about the time that a generation was handed a phone. These are the babies that were born in about 2000. By the time 2012 comes along, they've usually got a phone. That's why that date is significant. Fewer year 12s now think that school will help them later in life. I mean, that's just crazy, right? Like as parents, we're like, of course, school is going to help you later in life. Um, if we wanted to know things years ago, we used to have to go to the library or an encyclopedia or ask mom or dad or grandma. But what's happened now is we've got shorter attention spans. We don't want to wait. We don't want to ask someone else. We just Google things. And when we do Google things, we don't even go past page one. We usually just hit the top one or two articles. So what's happening is young people then go to university and a lot of them fail or drop out or 
um, or they never seem to leave. They just keep studying year after year because um, uni courses are all of a sudden full of readings and we've got a generation that's barely required to read anymore and so they struggle. Uh, Young people switch between tasks quickly when it comes to social media. So one researcher found that they switch between tasks every 19 seconds on their laptops. Have a look at how many browsers they have open. Um, What else? It's creating a lack of resilience and an ability to persevere at a task or a pursuit over an extended period of time. Let's look at their reading skills. Here we are spending all this money on putting them in great schools to give them better uh, educational outcomes, but phones have taken away our ability to read. So in the late 70s, the majority of teens would read magazines and books, but by 2015, only 16% are reading books from cover to cover. They mostly only read when they have to for school. And even then, it's not usually cover to cover. They'll listen to the audio or they'll skip sections or they'll Google the answers instead of actually reading the book. Academic skills are declining. Uh, Academic writing, uh, reading comprehension, all of the things that you need uh, to get through, well, to get through life, but to get through university, to get a good job, they're all on the decline. We now have sleep deprivation. 57% more teens were sleep deprived in 2015 than in 1991. That's a huge increase of sleep deprivation. Now, there's evidence to show that teens who read before bed go to sleep straight away compared to those who are on their phones. Teens who don't sleep enough, guys, are more than twice as likely to report high levels of depressive symptoms. We wonder why our young people are you know, having so many issues with their mental health. Now, I'm not saying social media is the only reason, but it is certainly a huge contributor. Do you know what your young person is doing in their um, with their phone at night? Where is their phone at night? How long are they on it for? Um, and if you've got little children, what's your plan around this? Because believe me, you're going to have to have a plan. All right, what about our values? The way that social media and phones are changing their values. So for example, they are so used to immediate gratification. Instead of waiting for things, working for things like we did, they now are used to immediate gratification, getting what they want, when they want it, which is right now. You think of YouTube. Are you The next YouTube clip loads before they've even finished watching the last one. And what is it like? What's it loading to? It's loading according to an algorithm. It's not It's not like it stops and then they pause and then they can go through and pick another video. They literally don't even have to wait. The next video is on queue ready according to the algorithm, which is really scary. In other words, the internet's deciding for your kid what video they're going to watch next. Heavy social media users are 45% more likely to believe that it's important to own expensive material things. So there's another change in values. Um, They feel more entitled to things, even though they don't work for them. There's also a decline in empathy because they're constantly being bombarded with with, um, content. And so there's now a desensitization and a lack of empathy. So here's a question for you. I feel, oh my gosh, I feel like I've just talked at you for 20 minutes. Here's a question to consider. This is challenging. 
it's challenging for, for, for us as um, adults, let alone a teenager. Can they just sit quietly without technology and no music playing in the background? Can you do it? Can you put your phone away, put it somewhere where you can't touch it, not have any noise, no, po- I mean, I'm a shocker for this. I've always got a podcast going in the background, but can you just be, can you just sit without it? And what about our young people? It's pretty confronting, isn't it? Uh, another question to ask is where are they getting their information from now? Well, pretty much their newsfeed is whatever comes up on Facebook or Instagram. That is their news source. So who is teaching them how to access correct information? Because we all know that Instagram and Facebook, they are not full of correct information. That's just full of opinions. It's full of biases. So who's teaching them how to access sources to be able to research things, to come to an opinion rather than just uh, taking on the opinion of the herd, H-E-R-D, um, you know, who's teaching them to grab a variety of news sources to get some semblance of the truth? Um, you know, one of my academy students today, I was actually really sad. We were talking about um, about social media and about some of the things that are going on in the world. And a couple of them said, oh, they just started kind of like fake crying and like, Renee, this world is so awful. It's so overwhelming. There's so much going on. I mean, we've just had the floods and then there's Ukraine, you know, the virus. And they're like, can Jesus just come back already? And I was like, oh, you poor sweet loves. And I tried to give them perspective that what they're facing is actually no worse than what other generations have faced. Think of World War II. Think of the Great Depression. It's just that they're hearing about it. They're hearing about it every minute of the day. They're not getting a break. And that's why um, their, you know, their unhappiness is at an all-time high. So that is kind of where I feel like I dumped so much information onto you, but I kind of wanted to leave it at that. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention before we go today and then um I definitely want you to come back because next week I'm going to unpack what I hope that I've shown you why, why it's really important that we parent and uh, if we don't, what the dangers are. And next week I want to talk about how, how do we do it? How do we, how do we parent them when, you know, there is so much pressure on them from their friends, from everything around them and how do we raise well-adjusted emotionally strong, emotionally resilient, um, young people. And, um, I promise you it is more than possible, but it is going to take effort on your part. It's going to take attention on your part, but I don't think we've got any other option. The well-being of your child depends upon you understanding how important you are in their lives in this area. 
So please feel free to share this with your friends, send it along. I know a lot of you are doing that because more and more people are coming along and listening all the time. And if you've got any questions or, uh, or maybe you've got, you know, some comments or something that's really working well for you, or maybe, uh, you just want to reiterate, yes, that you've seen these impacts firsthand yourself, come along. You can follow me girlnextdoor.podcast on social media. I hope you have the most wonderful week. Please don't be depressed about it, okay? I just wanted you to know all of this stuff because I want to be able to help you and you guys are doing amazing. The fact that you listen to this every week means that you are, you're smart because you're hungry to learn. You want to know how you can parent better. And so absolute kudos to you. I am thinking of you. I am praying for you and I cannot wait to be with you um, either next Friday or Come along on Wednesday. We're doing a series at the moment called Hey Boys, Did You Know? And everyone is loving it. So I might see you there. Bye.